good realtor will spend three hours a day calling? This is not your typical boring real estate show. This is real estate marketing redefined, uncensored, and unedited in what's working today in the market minus the fluff. This is Real Estate Marketing Dude, because just having a license isn't enough. Now, please welcome your host, the unprofessional professional, Mike Cuevas. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Folks, how are you doing? Welcome to the new year. I apologize. I took a couple of weeks off, but dude, this is the first time I've done that, and I'm freaking tired. But I'm completely uh, re-energized as we uh, launch the year in 2020. And it is the year of your personal brand. It's the year of video. It already has been the year of video. But we wanted to bring on a guest today that speaks the same language we do. We you know, had a conversation briefly before uh, getting on the, on the show here. And what I liked about it was like, he's like, yeah, no, I don't really teach any of that old school like prospecting, door knocking, cold calling, scripting type of crap. And I feel that most of us in this industry are sick of that because I can tell you the consumers are 100%. So without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce our guest, Mr. Danny Baltz-Salkin. And I told you I'd fuck it up. Bat Salkin. <laughs> um, I, it's like it, I have to do that on the show. It happens with every single person. But go ahead. Go ahead. Pronounce it the right way. First, no worries, please. man. Danny B is fine, but it's, uh, it's Danny Batsalkin. Yes. All right. Danny B, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, let's get right on into this. Perfect, Mike. Well, hey, man, happy new year. And thanks so much for having me on. I'm super excited to, uh, to chat with you today. Again, as I said, I think our, our systems and values are so in line in terms of client attraction in real estate. And uh, I was reading one of your blog posts and, you know, you talked about how, you know, don't do stuff that you don't like done to you. And that was one of my first realizations in real estate when I got in. I was an attorney before I got into real estate and one of my first realizations was like, man, what are people doing? Like they're prospecting and doing all this crazy lead generation and, you know, cold calling. And this is all stuff that I would hate if people did to me. So, you know, I've, I've done a bunch of stuff in real estate. I've built a, re a really big team. I've been a broker. And, uh, you know, one of the things I realized as I built my team was agents just don't have a complete solution to real estate. And so they're trying to piecemeal everything from all these different places, you know, and, and certain coaches are teaching, you know, the old school bullshit stuff. And, you know, then there's other people selling them CRMs. And so I decided, hey, what would, what would be better than providing a system that would give them an entire solution? And so that's really what I teach and train and coach agents on now, uh, especially agents who are trying to build a real business and make it profitable, predictable, and fun. And that's what I'm all about. I think that's the biggest thing you sort of said on the dot is that most agents don't think of it as building a business as much as working a sales job, chasing checks versus nurturing and maintaining relationships over the long haul. And you have to start somewhere. You don't just uh, run a business or grow a business overnight. You do it over time. And part of that is staying in touch with your past clients and customers and building new ones and always building your audience. So define that a little bit more for us. What do you mean by run a business? And what's your opinion of someone who runs a business? Actually, let's do it this way. What's your opinion of a salesperson versus call it an entrepreneur? Yeah, definitely. For me, that's what it's all about is, you know, I really only want to work with agents who want to run this like a business and have an end plan that's business oriented, right? So when you're creating a business, you're thinking first about the end in mind. What do I want to accomplish in my business and where do I want this to be in five years, 10 years, 
you know, 15 years versus I think a salesperson to answer your question, a salesperson, it really, you're just thinking about this as a job. I'm going to go lead generate three hours a day. I'm going to get some clients. I'm going to service them somehow. And then we're going to move on to the next client and that's it. And when you're creating a business, you know, most of the agents I work with, their ultimate goal is either to get out of production, which a lot of my agents are out of production that I coach, or, you know, they might want to sell that, that team or business, which I've had several of my clients do, or they want to go into a different role, such as a president or a CEO or just an owner. And so when you think of your business as a separate entity and one that, and, and you know, what I get into is not just the business side, but you know, your, your real estate finances, what's your profitability? Because Mike, you'd be surprised. Well, you probably see it, but you know, I know what you're going to say, go ahead and say it. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I actually just did a, a training, a live training class about building a real estate team. And someone asked me, what's the average profit on a team? And it's crazy. I mean, a lot Not of teams are at running all. at 10%, 15% net profit. And so vulnerable. And they're spending 30, 40 K a month. I mean, literally within the drop of 30 days, you could have one bad month and you're out of business at that there. That's how vulnerable it is. It's scary how leveraged out people are on these other systems they don't own or, and or control. Exactly. Um, so that's the difference to me, you know, in a nutshell. Makes a lot of sense. Tell me a little bit about attraction, attraction, attraction. We're hearing the term. It's almost like a buzzword now. Um, totally. Tom, Tom Ferry's saying it. You say attract business. All right. So that's right. That's tell me, right. what do you mean? Who are we going to attract it from? What's your core um, belief system? Because we both say the same thing, but I haven't heard it from you. Um, yes. What are you talking to me? Like, who are we attracting business from? Yeah, exactly. So, Mike, you know, I, the best way I can explain it is let me give you an example. And for me, it actually doesn't matter. Like, I don't care who you're attracting it from, but my core belief is that you should be attracting business from people that you want to be working with. So, before you can figure out who you're attracting business from, you got to understand who is your ideal client. You know, and it's funny because, uh, so I was a marketing major in college. I, when people ask me, I went to University of Arizona and we didn't go to class much. Marketing and major I, and an attorney? Yeah, what you know, that came later. Happened? Uh, <laughs> that's like, a, that's like insane. I've never heard of that. You must have like blew away all the other attorneys because the attorneys are the worst marketers, which is why you guys should form relationships with them that are strategic. Anyway, yes. sorry. I just yes, yes, yes. No, no, it's terrible. Uh, but anyway, you know, I remember like the one thing I learned in marketing in college was to ask who's my ideal client? Who do I want to work with? Right. And I think the biggest fallacy in real estate is that agents try to be all things to all people right? They want to work with everyone, anytime, anywhere. You have a pulse, you call, you say you want to buy real estate, I'm there. That is a huge, huge mistake and it'll lead you down a, a terrible path. So to answer your question, who should you be attracting it from? Whoever you want to work with, right? And the way that I kind of fell into this was I, I love golf. And so when I was building my real estate business, people were telling me all the crazy stuff you're talking about, right? Hey, go, go door knock, go call expireds and do all this other crap, you know, that I didn't want to do. And I said, well, I don't like doing any of that, but I like playing golf. So what I started doing is I started playing golf every day and just inviting people that I wanted to network with. I remember meeting with a luxury agent and I asked the luxury agent, hey, how do you get into uh, luxury real estate? And he said, oh, that's easy. If you want to sell expensive homes, hang out with rich people. Yeah. So I said, okay, so I'm going to invite wealthy people to play golf with me. And guess what started happening, Mike? They started either working with me or they yeah. started referring business to me. And so I said, oh, wow, well, this works. So crazy how that happens. Right. Um, and so that was the foundation. So the first thing I tell all of my clients is, who do you want to work with? If you can wave a magic wand, forget about everyone else. Who do you want to work with? That's who we want to attract. 
So let's go through this a little bit more. It's exactly right. Here's the problem for most agents is that Jack of all trades is the master of none. And most times when you guys, I know I dude, I brand people every fucking day and they're always yeah. say, they go like this. This is what everyone says. And it's, it's human. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. This is normal. I do it too. But everyone goes like this. Oh my God. But would I piss off that person if I do that? Hmm. Or would they think I wouldn't, who gives a shit? Fuck yeah, you would. And you should. And you should scream it from the damn rooftops. Because right. if you're not pissing anyone off with your marketing, I don't think you're doing it right because it means you're resonating with absolutely nothing. But none of your right. God folks, quit trying to act like you are. Uh, you never will be. Nothing's perfect. So what you can do is this though, because what you're talking about is, is, is your avatar. I love it. I love doing yep. this exercise with our clients as well. And your avatar is, uh, let me find out an easier way for you guys to do this. Because you're probably like, I don't know who I, who I want to work with because I don't even know who I am. Well, I'll tell you who you are right now. I want you to go to the last 10 clients uh, you served and I want you to average them. I want you to take the age that they gave in. And if I'm not talking about just a client, it could be the referral source from it because that's really the source of business. But I'm talking about when I was selling, I realized that I started like, like everyone I sold a house to was like, ended up being like friends. I'm like, got hammered with them or went out to dinner or did something like that. It's because you attract other like people. It wasn't an accident. And while I was attracting those other like people, I'm sure I turned off a lot of people in the meanwhile, but that was totally fine. And that's what you have to embrace, guys. You have to realize that you're not supposed to attract everyone. And this, the day that you realize whom you really are and the skin that you walk in and you embrace that, it's a lot easier to build your brand and market this business. Uh, I want to say one thing about your golf thing. It's awesome that you said that. It is that easy, folks. One out of 15, one in 10 people that you come across to and have a conversation with are moving this year. So Danny's inviting people out for golf. So you can only golf four people at a time last I checked, correct? That's okay. right. That means that if Danny goes on three golf outings, he's going to do, and with all different people, one of those people are going to be moving this year. But more importantly is that every single one of those people have a referral for Danny. And I'm curious to know, out of that month's time, let's just take, you probably have this down to a statistic, I'm guessing. So let's, get, let's break it out. So yeah. if you go golfing once a week and you bring out four people, so three other people, that's 12 new people a month. Now tell me what that creates. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Mike, it's funny you say that because I had that same realization. I'll give you the statistics, but I had that same realization after about a year of doing this. And I was like, okay, I can only take out three guests. What am I going to do? And so what I did is then I, I did a golf tournament where I invited a hundred people. So I was like, okay, now I can invite a hundred, you know, for the year. And I, I called it my birthday golf tournament. And for my birthday, everyone came out, but you know, That's anyway, what, yeah, it was awesome. But you know, what I found is, you know, I, I'm averaging probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 15% of the people I bring out turn into some sort of referral, right? So they're right on. We did not plan those numbers. We said the exact same number, you guys. Oh, sweet. Um, All right. It's 10 to 15% is what I say. It's 14.19 it's statistically or 14. Okay. Is, but 15, 10 to 15% right on. Yep. Um, All right, cool. So I'm, I'm right on there. But you know what the other cool thing was, uh, my kind of the unintended consequence of this is some of the people I brought out started doing business with each other. And that happens still all the time. And then what happens then is they actually see me as the connector. So every time they do a deal, someone makes some money, they create a new connection. They're like, oh man, you know, Danny introduced us. And then you form that bond. So they're never going anywhere else. I don't care how many times they get a call from an agent that got their lead from Zillow or wherever. They're not going there because I'm the one that created impact and value in their life. Yep. And out of the other people who didn't buy a house, did you like start, put you put them on an email list? Maybe you invite them to your next party. You probably still kept in touch with them. You friended them on social media, I'm sure. Walk me through that. 
Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, uh, we do have the systems on the back end because I do believe in the systems to stay in touch. So, you know, we have an email marketing campaign. We do a once a week newsletter to that campaign. We're adding video to that, you know, on my real estate team and on the systems that I coach. And then uh, we also utilize a Facebook group, um, which I did see one of your podcasts was on that. I got to listen to that one. Yeah. It's, I never even thought about doing the Facebook group, but it makes a lot of sense. Yep. And it's just another place to communicate. It's all this is. Exactly. This is like communication channels. People is, is all this is, is be everywhere all the time through multiple streams. But yep. what we're talking about too is building an audience, not a database. What's your opinion of that? Yeah, for sure. I agree. Now, the thing, Mike, I'll caveat that with is I think it's super important when you're building out, and I love that you mentioned the word client avatar. When you're building out your client avatar, I think it's super important to ask yourself, where is that audience? Where is that? Where are those people hanging out? And you will usually see a common trend, right? So what I've found is that my audience is hanging out a lot on Instagram, and then I have a, a big kind of following on LinkedIn as well right? Not so much Facebook. So even though I use the Facebook group, I feel like my Instagram uh, stories and, and all that kind of stuff. And then also my, my LinkedIn have become really nice channels for us to kind of talk to my audience there. But you don't, you don't not post on Facebook though, right? No, no, we do. We still post on Facebook, but it is mostly in our private group, I will tell you, because the, the public channels just don't get as much uh, interaction, I find. So the yeah. public channels, it's all my personal stuff. You know, we just got a dog. My kids are we're on vacation. Those kinds of things. Got it. Very interesting. So what would you say for somebody, like, let's give someone some harsh advice. I want to talk specifically to the person out there that is just chasing a bunch of leads chasing transactions specifically like and if you're listening to this right now like how tired are you <laughs> how exhausting is that every month not knowing where your paycheck's going to come from and we're not saying stop doing that if it's working for you great but i think what we're both saying here is that it's what you do with that relationship after it closes is the difference between someone who runs a business and is being ran by one like yourself right now uh, does that make sense hundred percent. You're right. Exactly. And just back to your point, you know, Mike, of what, to, what advice to give that person, you know, I'm kind of counterintuitive on this, but the advice I would give them is I would ask them, what is your passion outside of real estate? Right. And I'll give you a case study on this. I, I had a client who was doing this. He was chasing leads and all stuff. I said, what's your passion? And he said, man, I'm so into cars, right? I have a Porsche. I love cars. And I said, okay, are you a member of any Porsche clubs? And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, do you go to car outings and gatherings. And he's like, no. And I'm like, all right, listen, I want you to find the next like outing for people who have Porsches. And I want you to find a club and go join that and go hang out there. And he's like, what does that have to do with real estate? Right. And I'm like, just watch. And now I will tell you, Mike, a couple years later, all of his business comes from his Porsche club. He does like two rallies a month and they're always like in the canyons and all of his car enthusiast buddies, because guess what, man, those guys who have Porsches, they're buying and selling houses or have friends who are. So guys, and then a guy like that in that example, if he wanted to start a video marketing strategy to build that brand, I would probably create a series called The Fast and the Furious. And I would probably just talk about car related shit within my local market all the time wrong. It doesn't matter what you talk about. What most people don't realize is that everybody lives somewhere, which is unique. It's a unique job in the sense of how we market it, because it's not like, uh, I always use an example, if you ever have a friend of yours try to sell you a financial plan, like a 401k or, a, or something like that, we all have those friends, especially right when you graduate college, right? Yes, and life insurance, I get hit up life for life insurance. insurance. Yeah, you get hit with the life insurance, like hey, it'd be like one of your beer drinking buddies, and all of a sudden <laughs> you get a call from him, and be like, hey Mike, 
um, yeah, I would just really like to um, take you out to dinner or lunch. He says lunch and, uh, you know, talk, talk. What the fuck did you say to me? I don't even know who the hell you are. Who is this? Where's my friend at? Turns That's into a right. different person. It's very uncomfortable. In real estate, you don't have to, not everyone's going to buy 401ks or invest in life insurance and all that. But in real estate, everyone has to live somewhere. Not by choice. I mean, you just have to have a roof over your head. And it's not a matter of if they're going to move. It's a matter of when, you guys. So the faster you start building a network or an audience of people that know what the hell it is that you do and who you are and what you do and how you do it, the faster you start attracting. 72% of those people close with the first agent they meet with. And that's why attention is everything. Yep, that's right. Exactly. And Mike, back to your point, you know, I think it, it is important to note that it doesn't matter what that passion is. You know, I don't care if it's dogs or cars or horses or, you know, walks or whatever, whatever your passion is, that's the first place I take our clients is what is that passion outside of real estate? How do we marry that and make that a win for you on the real estate side so that while you're attracting those clients, you're having fun, you're doing what yeah. you already like to do. And you could be as ballsy as you want. So I saw like, this is probably the best marketing thing I ever saw from a real estate agent. This is a real estate agent in Las Vegas that was a stripper and she catered <laughs> to that industry. And it was so obvious. She crushes it like I'm because sure. she knows what her niche is. And that's a market where those people buy houses in the entertainment industry. But because she was so defined, I mean, she had a, a certain niche. It was crazy. You see that all over the place. We had a guy on the show called his name's Peter Lorimer. Um, yep, I know uh, Pete. Pete's he's a in my rock area. star. Yeah, he's he's a rock. You know him. The dude's a rock star from London, and yep. he looks like I, mean, I had him on the show. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? He's hilarious. He's not for everybody, but his story will tell you that. Like, it just you know he attracts that rock star crowd, and people like that. He's got a Netflix show now. So, totally. And you know, what's interesting about that, Mike, also is that like Pete's client, you know, a lot of agents like get so competitive with other agents. And I always tell them like, cut that out because here's the thing, Pete's client who he's trying to attract is not my client. Like yeah. I am not, that is not going to be my ideal client. I'm probably going to repel that person because yeah. we don't, we're not going to have that stuff in common. And my client is not going to be his client. So I've, you know, I've had lunch with Pete and it's like, we're going after a totally different audience. And so we can collaborate and learn from each other. Yep. And that's the thing is once you dial it in, it's just really figuring out who the hell you are and, and your brand from your students and your clients and whatnot. How are you, yeah. how are they staying in touch with their database? Obviously some client events. Um, yeah. sounds like, so what do you, uh, advise? Yeah, great question. So, you know, it just, again, it depends on who they're trying to attract, but the first step is really figuring out where are your clients hanging out, you know? So if they're on social media and a certain part of it, then you should be in front of them on social media. If they're, you know, emailing, if they're texting, whatever that, channel is, that's how you should be getting in front of them. But ultimately, you got to make sure that you're in front of them all the time with whatever your method is. I mean, and like you said earlier on the show, you know, you can really use that shotgun approach and use all the different channels because you never know what's going to resonate the best with your folks. Because there's a difference between marketing and then relationship building stuff too. So like, I think a lot yes. of the stuff that I come from is a lot more on the marketing side, whereas you have a lot of these relationship building things because, yeah. so let's break those two down. I think people will get a lot out of that. Sure. So what I'm, what I'm big on is like being everywhere all the time and systematically staying in touch through direct mail, through video email and through social media. Mm -hmm. I use all three of those channels essentially to stay on top of mine and be everywhere all the time. And if you want to put that on steroids, you throw some ad spend behind it. It is not hard to make sure everybody in your network knows what you do for a living and who you are. But 
that doesn't mean that you stop trying to find new business. And it doesn't mean that you could just rely on that only to, you know, really service that entire database or that different market. You do have to do things yeah. like client events and client outreaches and all of that. Like you should call your clients and all that. But I think a lot of people don't know how to systematically approach that personal outreach. The marketing side, we could get our end done 10, 15 minutes a month all day. But how do you nice. stay in touch with people? How often should people be calling their database? Who should they be calling? Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. So, you know, I, I'm not like, uh, I'm not big into like, you know, this old school stuff of you need your A list and your top people and your B list and all that stuff. My whole goal is to have kind of the top people, your influencers, the one that, you know, you really connect with. These are like your ideal, ideal clients. And then however you want to get together with them. Like I said, for me, it was golf. For another guy, it's, it's a poor shouting. For someone, I have another, you know, client of mine who loves going out to breakfast, lunch, and coffee with people. I'm not big on that. I just I have three kids. I'm married. You know, I, we just got a dog. I don't want to be out to breakfast and lunch with people all the time. I, <laughs> I will, you know, like I love to go play golf with folks. I love to talk on the phone with people. That's my kind of thing. So again, whatever it is for you, but you definitely should be interacting because it's a person-to-person type of business. They want to see you, right? Uh, yep. Networking events, you know, client events, whatever it is how often? you like to do. How often? Oh, how often? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think with your top people, you should be seeing them all the time. I mean, once a month is not too much to be seeing your, your top folks. You know, the ones that, that are referring a lot of business to me, I'm seeing them at least once a month, I would say. You know, four times a year would probably be the bare minimum for your top people uh, that are referring, that are doing repeat business with you. Everyone else, you know, you can be calling them once a quarter or so, I think would probably be fine. Yep, I agree. What about the on the client event side? Some people are... Should I do quarterly? Should I do annually? Should I do biannually? What's your advice on that? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, it depends on the client event. I mean, I do my golf tournament once a year and that's sufficient. You know, we kind of do a, like a three-month campaign leading up to it. Then we have like a three-month follow-up afterwards. So even though it's one event, that's about a six-month thing. You know, I would say my top teams that do client events are usually doing two to four client events a year. But it's a lot. I mean, it's a big undertaking. So, you know, my teams that are doing that, I will caveat it with, they usually have a staff member that's running those events, right? So if it's just you, you know, one to two events, once you start getting a staff that's doing that for you, you can increase that, I would say two to four client events, but you really don't need any more than that. Yeah, I agree. We did one to two a year and that was suffice, but that you do a big one and then you're right. The thing I like about the client events isn't the event itself. This is where most people miss is like, who cares if they show up? Like, I'm just like the 10 touches before or after. Correct. <laughs> just say, because everyone, regardless if they show up or not, everyone says, Mike's having a party? He must be doing good. And that's great. That's all I want him to say. And nobody gets mad when you invite him to a social event, guys. Remember that. People really appreciate that. You'd be amazed at, especially when you get older, like how nice it is to get invited to something social because we're dads and we're moms now. We don't have time because we're eaten up by all the kids. So don't underestimate um, that stuff, you guys. Oh yeah, Dan for sure. Danny, anything else that you'd like to uh, touch in here with um, our listeners here? Any other tips you want to go? We'll get this thing wrapped up. Yeah, definitely, Mike. So one thing we haven't talked about that I do want to touch on is when you use this system, when you approach this from kind of the opposite way of attracting your clients and focusing on working with your ideal clients and forgetting about everyone else, one of the unintended consequences of this is that you can actually command a premium commission. And we haven't talked about this yet, but 
it's so important because what I've found with my clients is that if you're able to increase your commission that you charge, and you've quoted this stat in your articles, you know, 70% of people work with the first agent they meet with, right? Yep. And if you're working with your ideal clients, they actually are not as commission sensitive as you might think, as long as you show them that you're going to increase the net profit to them, right? And if you can increase your commission by 1%, and I'm not telling you what to charge, you can charge whatever the hell you want, but if you increase it by 1%, you will actually increase your net profit in your business by 40%, which is huge because we said earlier, teams are operating at, you know what, 15, 20%, right? So mm -hmm. I had a client a couple years ago that we used this strategy and he increased his net income by over $300,000 just from increasing the commission that he charges. So I think that's the, the other benefit of being able to work with your ideal clients, see you as the expert, they see the value you provide, and they will pay you a premium fee when they see that. It's a good point. It's the same reason why people go to the um, Hilton or the uh, Montage in Beverly Hills, for example. Um, that's right. Is the Holiday Inn is because people will pay more for that experience and they just want to comforting. But if there's no relationship, that doesn't happen at the end of the day. 100%. I mean, if they see you as a commodity, right? Like if you're, if you're buying a lead and there's four other agents calling them and all, and all they care about is commission, you're going to have a hard time charging a premium fee. But if you have a great relationship, and this is where people I think make a huge mistake is that they think, oh, I need to give a discount because they're my friends. No, it's actually the other way around. When you have a relationship and you show them the value you're going to provide and that you're actually going to make them more money because of that, you can charge a premium fee and not only can you charge it, they're happy to pay it. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits of creating a business that's based on this, the, this theory. Yeah. People will be connected to your brand. Look at Apple does. Correct. I mean, like yes. I will like literally like never go anywhere without Apple products. I think I said at one of my shows, I have a passionate relationship with Apple. I have a passionate relationship with their brand. No matter what they do, I'm a fan and I'm going to do it. So it doesn't matter. There you go. It's just, if you could establish that connection with your database, which is why you need to turn it into an audience. And the only way you do that, folks, is through nurturing relationships. You can't always be talking about real estate all the time. Or same reason why when you go out to like when you got when you went on your golf outings with your with your guys, did you even mention real estate? No, I, I never do. I mean, I think the cool thing about real estate, and you said it earlier on your show, is that the great thing about real estate is everyone's interested in it. I mean, shit, man, they're making you know reality shows about real estate. So I yeah. know people are in it. It will ask you. I mean, you do not have to bring, this is not life insurance. You don't have to bring it up. It's something that they want. It's something they need and it's something that they're interested in. And so they will always ask you about it. Yeah, I yep. never talk about it. Totally. Cool, man. Well, um, I appreciate it. This is a really, really good show. At the end of the show here, we like to go ahead and give you the floor. If you guys want to uh, see a little bit more about what Danny offers, uh, follow him on social, but I'll let him go ahead and uh, tell you how to reach him. Yeah, for sure. Website's super easy. You can actually just go to dannybat.com. So you don't have to pronounce the name, Mike. Dannybat.com. Super easy website. All my stuff is there. You can watch uh, uh, some training, free training on there and uh, do all kinds of stuff. And then social media handles are all on there. But Instagram is my social choice. You can see what I'm up to with my new dog. It's uh, just Danny Batsalkin on Instagram. And then all the other ones are on the website as well. Mike, thanks so much for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, love what you're doing in your space. Excited to refer you to some of our clients and uh, hopefully have you on our show as well. Let's do it. I look forward to it. Uh, appreciate it, guys. And thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. 
Folks, you want me to help you build your brand with video? Just literally go onto my website, schedule a strategy call. I'm going to show you exactly how to. We're going to create a show that's going to represent your brand. I'm going to show you how to shoot it with your cell phone. My eight-year-old shoots my damn videos. So you, the only reason that you are not calling me right now is because you're just not ready to get on camera. But I don't want you to say it's because there's not an opportunity to do so. Because if my eight-year-old can do it, so can you. Quit being scared. Pick up the phone and call a dude now. That's a call to action, folks. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode. <laughs> Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. See you guys later, and we'll see you guys next week. Get ready for 2020. This is the year. Peace, everybody. Bye-bye. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.